It's Friday, September 6th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. The Trump administration is proposing changes to the U.S. housing market. We'll connect the dots on what those changes would mean and why some say it's bad news for homebuyers. Then, Hurricane Dorian made landfall in North Carolina today. And things in the Bahamas are still dire. We'll give you the latest. And finally, a word of warning about Facebook's attempts to play matchmaker. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. The most complicated story today is about the housing market and two companies called Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac that back a lot of home mortgages in the U.S. The U.S. government took control of Fannie and Freddie more than a decade ago. But now the Trump administration says it's time to let them go and send them back to private life. This plan could have a big impact on the housing market, and there's already a heated debate over whether this is a good idea. So today, we're going to explain what Fannie and Freddie do, why there's a push to reprivatize them, and what this could mean for anyone looking to buy into the American dream. First up, what are Fannie and Freddie? They're not the pet names your grandparents give each other, but they are pretty old. Fannie Mae was created in 1938 to buy up mortgages. Here's why. It was the tail end of the Great Depression, and a lot of people couldn't pay back their home loans, meaning the banks that had made those loans had too much debt. Congress passed legislation that created a government agency called Fannie Mae to help out. Fannie Mae started buying up mortgages from banks, which freed up banks to start lending to people again. By the late 60s, President Lyndon B. Johnson made Fannie Mae a private company, so the government wasn't on the hook for guaranteeing so many mortgages. And in 1970, Congress created a Fannie Mae competitor called Freddie Mac. FYI, Fannie and Freddie are nicknames. Their real names are a lot longer and people don't really use them. It's always Fannie and Freddie. And together, they've helped people looking to buy a home get a better deal. Back in the 30s, people had variable rate mortgages, meaning their interest rates went up and down all the time. People also had to pony up a lot of money for down payments on homes, and they had very little time to pay mortgages off, like five to 10 years. Now, Fannie and Freddie shoulder a lot of the risk that comes with banks lending people money for their homes. So banks are then more willing to offer better mortgage terms. It's the norm now for people to pay off their mortgages in 30 years, rather than five to 10. Experts say you have Fannie and Freddie to thank for that. So fast forward to the mid-2000s. Fannie and Freddie were private companies making money by buying home mortgages, holding on to some of them, and packaging others into investment products called mortgage-backed securities. This is the part of the show where you should pause and go watch The Big Short. Anyway, Fannie and Freddie made a killing selling mortgage-backed securities to investors until the U.S. economy was rocked by the subprime mortgage crisis. Here's what happened. Banks lent money to riskier and riskier borrowers, in part because there was so much demand for those mortgage investment products. But when borrowers started struggling to pay their loans, they defaulted or lost their homes. The banks that issued their mortgages got screwed. That, in turn, had a ripple effect on the investments Fannie and Freddie were selling. Basically, the market freaked. Here's how one AP newscast put it at the time. With one in every 500 homes defaulting on their mortgage, economists worry the housing slump will plunge the broader economy into a recession. Turns out they were right. 
Cue the financial crisis. In 2008, the U.S. government was so worried these losses would wreck the housing market, it put Fannie and Freddie under government conservatorship. Meaning, move in with mom and dad, you're back under government control. And the feds, i.e. taxpayers, bailed out Fannie and Freddie at the cost of nearly $190 billion. And for the last few years, they've had to hand over all their profits to the U.S. government. So why is the Trump administration now saying, let's privatize these companies? One argument is Fannie and Freddie closed their tab. They've since paid back the government the cost of bailing them out, and then some. Also, with Fannie and Freddie under government control and the U.S. government taking all their profits, they haven't been saving enough. And that means if there's another huge financial crisis, they'd need to get bailed out yet again. So another argument is that it's time to let them be private and start saving their own money. Basically, after 11 years in their childhood bedrooms, the Gov is saying Fannie and Freddie should get a job and find their own place. So what impact could this all have on the mortgage market and potential home buyers? That depends on who you ask. The Treasury Department says its proposed plan would promote a more level playing field between Fannie and Freddie and the other big players in the mortgage market. As we said, the Treasury also argues this plan is good for taxpayers, who wouldn't necessarily be on the hook again for bailing out Fannie and Freddie. But critics say the plan lacks details, like exactly how Fannie and Freddie will grow their own savings accounts after being tied to mom and dad's for so long. Others warn these changes could mean it'll cost more for homebuyers to borrow money, that with government backing, Fannie and Freddie help keep costs down on the 30-year mortgages that so many Americans rely on. It's already not easy to buy a house in the U.S., and higher mortgage costs could make it more difficult to realize that part of the American dream. So what's the skim? The Treasury Department says ending control of Fannie and Freddie is, quote, the last unfinished business of the financial crisis, a loose end meant to be tied. But some say Wall Street risk-taking led to the Great Recession in the first place, and that if anything catastrophic happened to a private Fannie and Freddie, taxpayers would be on the hook again anyway. Right now, these are just proposals the government's making. Congress would have to approve some of them in order to make them a reality. Analysts say that lawmakers probably won't take this up until after the 2020 election. But with Fannie and Freddie guaranteeing around half of the more than $11 trillion U.S. mortgage market, any reforms here are worth following, especially if you're planning to buy a house. For more info about how to set yourself up for homeownership, check out our financial guides on our website at theskim.com slash money. For the past week, Hurricane Dorian has devastated the Bahamas and hit parts of the East Coast. At its height earlier this week, Dorian was a Category 5 storm. Now, it's been downgraded to a Category 1 storm. That still means 90-mile-per-hour winds. It made landfall in North Carolina this morning. It's already moving back out to sea, but parts of Massachusetts could still feel its effects this weekend. In North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia, hundreds of thousands of customers have lost power. The storm led to flooding and tornadoes along the southeast coast. North Carolina residents were advised to shelter in place, wait for the storm to pass. Meanwhile, the Bahamas is dealing with extreme destruction left by the storm. The death toll is now at 30 people, and that number is expected to go up. 
The storm first made landfall there on Sunday, and rescue workers are still searching for survivors. The U.S. Coast Guard says it's rescued over 200 people so far, but thousands have been reported missing. The British Royal Navy and relief organizations are helping with relief operations. But Hubert Minnis, the prime minister of the Bahamas, says rebuilding will be a big undertaking. We have all seen the magnitude of the devastation. And we all know it is going to require a massive coordinated effort to rebuild our communities. Residents are in need of food and water, and with homes destroyed, thousands of Bahamians don't have a place to stay. Some are waiting to be evacuated. The top commander of the U.S. Coast Guard, Admiral Carl Schultz, said earlier this week that it's been very hard to get there. There's no open airports there. The airports are underwater. Those airports that are accessible are not accessible from roads. So getting there has been an issue. And then once they're there, damage from the storm, like debris and damaged roads, is making relief efforts difficult. If you want to donate to one of the relief organizations working in the Bahamas, we've included a link in our show notes. We're just getting into the swing of 2020 primary season, but now Republican officials in four states are reportedly saying, eh, we'd rather not. Reminder that President Trump actually does have two challengers on the Republican side, former Massachusetts Governor Bill Weld and former Illinois Congressman Joe Walsh. They're not exactly making waves. Trump is really popular among Republicans right now. And now Politico reports that state Republican parties in South Carolina, Nevada, Arizona, and Kansas are expected to pull the plug on their primary elections and caucuses. Some say this will help them save money. States have done this in previous election years, usually when an incumbent is running for president. But it means Weld and Walsh won't get a chance to be on the ballot in those four states. Weld said Republicans deserve better. Walsh was a a bit harsher. He called it undemocratic bull. State party leaders are expected to get together this weekend to officially push the escape button. Today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from Facebook Dating. It's kind of like Hinge, but it's run by Facebook. It launched yesterday in the US, and it includes what Facebook calls a secret crush feature. You basically tell Facebook who you're into, and if any of those people also list you as a secret crush, you both get a notification. Some people are skeptical about whether Facebook will keep your secret crush a secret. This is the same company that's been called out for pretty big data breaches and for allowing fake accounts and misinformation to spread. But Facebook says the dating feature will let people report and block users if they need to. Plus, there's a ban on sending photos and videos to each other. Translation, no unwanted pics, if you know what we mean. Thanks, Facebook. And that's all for Skim This. Thank you so much for listening this week, and we'd love for you to rate and review us online. A lot of news happens over the weekend, so to catch up first thing on Monday, sign up for our morning newsletter at The Daily Skim at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.